0: Today, I've really been looking forward to this day. We're stepping into Acts chapter 10, and it's, it's very foundational and basic, but I really wanna do this history lesson of Acts chapter 10 because it really is our, it's, it's our heritage. You know what I mean? It's our, it's our family history, and it's, it's a very big, important part of it because this Judaism, this Jewish religion, that we've all converted into (laughs) became wide open I should say in Acts chapter 10 I think it was wide open in the heart of God from before the foundations of the earth to be honest it's a big kind of a surprise but it there's something to where everybody was included in Acts chapter 10 in a very peculiar story and funny kind of way Um, but it's what brought us in a lot of it Or, or it's what gave us the understanding that we were in that the gospel was for everybody and it's really cool but last week we were talking about Peter literally in Acts chapter 9 being in this city called Joppa which was at the time it was the, the only natural harbor in the Mediterranean it's like uh, J- Jerusalem's like major seaport everything kinda came in and out of there um, it was this very strategic place and if you remember a couple weeks back our Christian uh, slogan, Jesus the Christ heals you or makes you whole, had happened with Ineas. The word got out into Joppa. Peter went went next door into Joppa. Then a a girl named Tabitha was raised from the dead. That was a beautiful story, is a beautiful story in Acts 9. But this is all after those events. So, So Peter's actually staying there in this city called Joppa. At a man named simon the tanner's house because he worked with leather there on this beautiful seaport coast place where this man lived and um he's kind of just parked in that region as as kind of the way he he made his moves he kind of just was traveling around at that point releasing the kingdom of heaven and teaching people about what jesus had actually done and accomplished and so i want to do this as almost like a classroom today to where we're actually just going to look at Acts chapter 10, what it is and what it means for us, because it, it means a lot to us. And um, so I'm going to read it. Maybe I'll cliff notes over some portions of it. But I want us to to go into this this story and watch it like we're watching a movie, okay? So there was a certain man in Caesarea named Cornelius. He's the first character of the story that we're finding out about. Um, he was a centurion in what was called the Italian Regiment. So he was a centurion... Um, basically a military leader over 100 people 100 troops it was an italian regiment so it was like probably straight out of rome so it was probably like he was he was an elite military leader his crew his his group that he was over um probably very wealthy as well he had a lot of people under him obviously um over this elite special force uh, team or whatever you know so but it says in verse 2 he was a devout man and one who feared god with all his household so also not a Jewish person, okay? Um, if, I mean, I'm sure you got that. But um, He feared God with all of his household, and he gave alms generously to the people, and, and, and he prayed continually. It says about the ninth hour of the day, he, he saw clearly in a vision. So he was praying at the ninth hour of the day that afternoon, and he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying his name kind of like Tabitha heard her name, came out of, you know, kind of like Ineas just had heard his name, you know, just literally verses before this. We've kind of touched on those things. And so, so Cornelius, you know, I don't know if that's what the angel's voice sounded like, but that's going to put some, some depth in it. And he said, and when he observed him, he was afraid. So he was terrified of the angel, which, you know, you're in your prayer time and somebody shows up. Sometimes that can be a little unnerving. Um, um, when he observed him he said what is it and he says your your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God there's some sort of heavenly memorial in the heavenly places because of the way you're living your life which is a beautiful thing and especially this is Yahweh the God of Israel so they thought um, and he's got this Gentile guys stuff kind of floating up into heaven and and and, um, yeah it's it's cool so now send some men to Joppa, the town where Peter was, and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Because you remember Jesus meets him and he, and, he, and he renames the guy instantaneously, basically. So send to Simon, send to Joppa, Simon whose surname is Peter. He's lodging with Simon, a tanner, a leather worker, whose house is by the sea, and he's going to tell you what you must do. And so when the angel you know, kind of departed. Cornelius called for two of his household servants and a devout, devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. And he explained everything to them. He sent them to Joppa. So he sent his men to go get him. You know, and I can just imagine him telling these guys in the movie, like these devout servants, these soldiers that he sent in, all right, here's what you're going to do. You need to go to Joppa. Gives them the location. We're looking for a guy named Simon um he goes by peter though but he's at a guy named simon's house and they're like so wait a second we need to go to simon's house tell simon to come with us like no 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 you need to go simon's house but there's another simon there who actually goes by peter so peter's the one you know what i mean so they're like all right got it so he's got these guys kind of kind of geared up and it says the next day you know they go on their journey and drew near the city here's where things get interesting um The next day, as they went on their journey near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. So this is 12 noon. And um, so it's lunchtime. It says something very spiritual in verse 10. It says, he was hungry and he wanted to eat. But while they were making food, he fell into a trance. So that's a funny verse to me, maybe not to anyone else. But it's like this guy is actually waiting on lunch to be cooked in the house. And so he sneaks away and he creates space. Between him and the Lord and that's something that's so very profound this wasn't at a temple this wasn't um, on a, he wasn't in his Sunday's best he was waiting to eat and he was actually kind of hungry he was a little bit in his flesh if you want to say you know he was like oh, let's let's get this thing going but he had a, a few moments to steal away and when he did he went in just to connect to God whose Spirit something that we talk a lot about the power of creating space because remember Peter when he went into Tabitha, a.k.a. Dorcas's room last week or, you know, in Joppa in that same city. Instead of just like, oh my gosh, there's a dead body. First he separated everybody, then he knelt down in the room and he prayed. So he created space to actually just get some direction and connection. He exercised the connection that is New Testament Christianity. A very, a, a very powerful thing that every single one of us have every single day, all day. You know, the power to create space. There's something of that that scripture that it brings to mind in Isaiah, um, verse 40, and it's something, you know, my favorite guy, John John the Baptist, um, comes and and declares about even himself of Isaiah 40, verse 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And it's something beautiful about how the kingdom of heaven, when it's prophesied and John actually embodies this, but God's people were wilderness people, but there's something to that, to that aspect of creating space. There's a voice of one who's crying. And what does he cry? Because I know in our King James, the, the, parentheses, the, the, the parentheses are set in the wrong place according you know, to the original text. But the parentheses really say, the voice of one crying, then in parentheses, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway. In other words, like where there is no, where there's nothing but empty space, that's where God's gonna come in and make moves. And so we have this this aspect of that which is faith, right? The Hebrews 11, faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. What that is actually even saying, the substrate, the, the foundation of things that are actually hoped for. In other words, we have the ability to clear out space in our life that God comes in and moves through. You dig what I'm saying? That was a whole lot of words. I knew what I just said, but I don't know if it came across well or not. But, you know, we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what our power is. That's where, our, that's where the strength of New Testament Christianity is, is that he's actually real. And he's actually on the inside. And we have the ability to create space, not only in our prayer time, which is also very good, but at any time to kind of check out for a moment and check in. You know, in our relationships, the people that we're around, sometimes things will come up and it's like we're there with our roommate, our partner, Christ within us, the very hope of glory. It's like, do you want me to speak into this right now? Are you opening the store? Sometimes the answer is going to be, yeah, go for it. Sometimes it's like, Let them process, you know, there will be another time, you know, or somebody you see that's a stranger. Anyhow, there's something to the art, I will call it an art, of creating space that Peter is actually really demonstrating for us in these chapters. He did it with um, Ineas, he did it in Acts 9 with Ineas and with uh, Tabitha, but now he's doing it again, and it's not a long bout of space, he's actually just creating space for lunch. He's got time to kill before lunch, you know what I mean? And he has... Well, as it says, he falls into a trance, which is basically like a dreamlike state where you're actually still awake. It's part of New Testament Christianity. It's not, you know, that, that, that kind of trance music the kids play. It's not this, um, you know, it's, it's this dreamlike state where he's awake, but he's seeing something that's there, but it's not there. Amen. And it's a type of vision that's from God. And so he goes into this while he's on his lunch break, creating a little bit of space because he had a few minutes. And the vision itself, to me, is kind of hilarious because of what it ended up doing for all of us. Okay? And in the vision, verse 11, he saw heaven open in an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And the voice, a voice came to him and it said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter, being the the good Jewish guy that he was, said, not so, Lord. I don't know if he just thought, you're trying to test me, but I'm not going to do it. I don't know what that is, but not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. It's so funny. I haven't thought about this. But he's literally hungry, and he's waiting on food. And And he has this vision that's like a dream where he's like literally in it, it's like, hey, get up and get some food. And he's like, oh, I'm ready. Well, I'm really hungry and I want to, but like, I'm not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything that is unclean. These unclean animals, according to the Jewish tradition. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to which the voice comes and, and contradicts him. And he says, what God's cleanse, you shouldn't call common or unclean. And this vision was repeated to him. And then he's like, he would go back into it again. And it was repeated to him it says three times in verse 16 and in verse 17 I'll read the first half of the verse it says now while Peter wondered what himself was what within himself what this vision that he saw meant some men actually came the ones from Cornelius that were actually looking for him so here he is he's had this three time trance of eating eating food from eating of animals that were illegal under the torah's laws and he's contradicting but the lord's like saying hey like hey you see it that way but i don't you see it as unclean and i don't see it as unclean and it's just like wait another thing to think about we have this we have this these are the veils of second corinthians 3:18 that we talk about sometimes as the veils are lifted we see we behold the face of the lord and we are transformed from glory to glory right second corinthians 3:18 the more we see him accurately as he is the more our life and our person is transformed into the same, into the one we're called to be like. And so here's Peter literally manifesting a contrary view of what God is like, right? And it's like, no, I don't do this because it's against your rules. And it's like, it's not against my rules. It's okay with me. And this is like, what? But I've thought of you this way, you know? And you know, Jesus and Peter had a history of threes you dig? You know what I mean? You're going to deny me three times. Even if they all deny you, I'm not going to deny you. That's what he said. He sold all the other guys out like they all might, but I won't. I'm, I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the loyal one. And what did he do? He denied him three times. Then Jesus shows up and makes him breakfast, right? And he starts to talk to Peter. Remember how many times he asked him, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? You know, he hits him with that three times. So he has this He has this little history with the lord of this of this three times in a row this number with him which which you know spiritually a lot of times in the bible will mean something that's in the immediate present time right in the here and now kind of a spiritual principle but but now he's given him another it's jesus communicating to to him again in threes and trying to drive something home with the guy so Peter's sitting there, he doesn't understand it. And honestly, if we hadn't read the story, would any of us have understood that? Or just like, maybe change changed his mind about the, maybe I was wrong about, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't catch it. But um, he's sitting there wondering like, what was that about? Cause this wasn't a dream after you ate a lot of pizza, you know what I'm saying? Or some weird imagination when you're praying, it was probably me, I watched X-Men last night or whatever. This is a full blown trance. This is a high level encounter of revelation to where it's like, that was God doing it, and I don't know what it is, but, but, but it's something. Which is like a lot of the ways God speaks, because he broadens our understanding by leading us in the Spirit. So anyhow, so in, so in verse 18, the guys actually show up to Simon's house, Simon the Tanner, and they called and asked whether Simon, hey, is there a guy in there named Simon whose surname is Peter? But while Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit, in capital S, so the Holy Spirit, Christ within him, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So Peter walks down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, I'm the one whom you seek. For what reason have you come they kind of tell him hey cornelius he's a centurion yes i know that's alarming but he's a just man he he wants to meet with you right so paul's like it's good guys i'm going with you and so what you know the question i've always had you know you got this sheep being lowered down from heaven with all these animals and this is some prophetic trance some communication from god you know what i mean and he comes out of that and he's wondering but then it says in verse 19 but then the spirit says seemingly really plainly behold there's three men seeking you go down and go with them don't doubt anything for i'm the one who sent them and it's like man if 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 if, if god if you can talk that clear to the guy why you, what's the point about the sheep why does it got to be so strange and abstract and 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 revelatory and symbolic and all these things you know but i think we've kind of answered that like the voice of the Lord, it's just like when we're talking to little babies, when we're teaching them English, like God is spirit, right? John 4, and those who worship him, worship in the spirit and in truth. And this is not something that we can be, oh, this is a license to be flaky. But what it means is like God throughout the whole entire Bible, like it says in Hebrews 13, eight, it's like Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever, right? And it's like the voice and the language of God is it's actually our, our food. He leads us as our shepherd. But it's also broadening and expanding our understanding. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so he's speaking through all kinds of different means and ways to, to, he's unlocking the mind of Peter right before our eyes in what seems like a very strange way. So, anyhow, so then he invited them and, and, and lodged with them. And the next day, so they stayed the night there. The next day, Peter went with them. And some of the guys, some of the brethren, so the Jewish crew from Joppa actually accompanied him, the Jewish Christian guys, because that's all there really was. The following day, they entered Caesarea. And it says Cornelius was waiting for them, and he called together all of his relatives and his close friends. So this is a large, large group of people. And it says as (laughs) as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and falls down to the ground like he's going to worship him. And Peter's like, grabs him, like, get up, man. Hey, this is, you know, I'm just a guy, you know. And um, so he, he, as he talked to them, he went and found many who had come together. And he said to them, he says this to them. This is in verse 28 of Acts 10. This is Peter talking. You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or to go to one of another nation. But God has shown me, That I shouldn't call any man uncommon or unclean or inferior. Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. So for what reason have you sent for me? So this is what's beautiful in this passage to me. Peter, if we're watching this like a movie, as somebody who's never read it even, he's had this experience that seems so abstract, but it's obviously highly revelatory in a trance mode, you know what I mean? That literally makes no sense. And he's sitting down thinking like, what does this mean? Does this mean I can, I can eat bacon now? Or, I can, you know, what is this about? Which it, it does mean that. Um, that's the, the, the minor. But, but he, he hears the Holy Spirit outside of this trance in his regular relationship to the, God, to, to the Lord saying, hey, there's some guys here. I know you guys are kind of hiding out. There's a lot of persecution um, people are getting stoned and killed. and You know what I mean? But, but just trust what these guys ask you and go without even questioning. Like, be completely confident here. And he's like, okay. These are tumultuous times, y'all. This isn't like, like come visit the guy down, down in Rusk. He wants to talk to you. No, it's like, this is, it's sketchy, trap, people getting killed, people getting stoned, run through with a sword. And so he's like, trust them. And it's like, just go with it. And it's like, okay, I'll go with it. And, and so he goes and when he steps in, He's in his mind, he's thinking, this is, um, he's the, so he's a centurion, yeah, wow, that's pretty big, from the Italian regiment. So he's, these are, these are Romans, these aren't, yeah, yeah, okay. So he's kind of thinking about this, but but he's a he, he's really good guy. He's like, okay. And it's like, yeah, he's good, but it's like, we're not supposed to really, we're not, we don't really go into their household. We don't, they're, they're, there's rules about this thing, or at least I thought there was, kind of like the bacon. You know, he's thinking, he's like, well, you know, huh. And so he steps in, and and we don't see the light bulb turn on, but we see the light bulb turn on because he says, Hey, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with you guys and to step into your house, which sounds like a real demeaning thing to say, which it is. It's racist. Um, But God's shown me that I shouldn't call any man uncommon or unclean. And so, like, things are clicking, and, you know... I don't know if he told his buddies the vision. They're like, that's what you got out of that vision? Like, yeah, man, it's a trance, you know, but not a vision. But yeah, that's what I got from it. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, I, well, I guess it works, you know? It's like, you know, that's what he's, that's... Oh, man, when we think about the Bible, we think, we think even Bible teachers or, or the apostles and all the, we, we put them on these, we, we think of them as more than we should probably. I think, I think he picked the disciples the way he picked them and we can actually see their lives and see like, these guys are really kind of like us. You know what I mean? They're normal people. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're 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 regular guys, and um, you know they're 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 walking this spiritual life with the Lord, sometimes stumbling around, but but it's making sense because they're dependent on the on the voice that Psalm twenty three, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, what I mean? like I follow what he leads me into. Like I'm just following him, and like even breaking through to some of the rules and regulations that had kept them bound. You know, uh, but it gets really good. So Cornelius goes in and, he, and he's telling them, oh, excuse me. Uh, uh, you know, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. Yeah, and, and at the ninth hour, I keep talking and they'll just forget about that. In the ninth hour, behold, <laughs> a man stood before me in bright clothing. Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. Send a Joppa for Simon, whose surname is Peter. It just sounds like confusing instructions. He's lodging at another guy named Simon's house by the ocean, Uh, When he comes, he's going to speak to you. So immediately I've sent to you. So what is it that you're going to tell us? An angel came and told me you're going to tell me something. His clothes were super bright. Random. His clothes were bright. What do you got? What do you got? It says, Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. And I love that. It's so beautiful. It's like we've, we've thought of God as this divisive thing, But it's like, if you understand the Old Testament, you understand the gods of the Old Testament and Deuteronomy 32 and all the nations and what happened in Babel and all these different things and the poison of the fall had poisoned people's minds. And now you're seeing Abba's heart to like, I don't see them as different from you. Those are my kids too. You know what I mean? I'm not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob alone. I'm the God of all creation. I'm the creator, you know? And so Peter's going for, it's okay for me to be in here. God doesn't call you unclean to God doesn't show any partiality. Like he doesn't see you guys different than us. Like this is amazing. Um, but in every nation who fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, um, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of all. Like Jesus is God over everything. Not the, not not just of ours, and it's funny to see him saying this because he's saying it it's like a current it's like a current understanding that he's getting at as he's talking. We're watching this guy walk through life, depending on the Lord, depending on the Lord, and the, you know there's a lot of historical writing, especially Josephus, and it talks about in this time frame of the Jews that's why it's like. Uh, if you read old books like Daniel 9, you know, when, when Gabriel comes down and he talks to, D- to Daniel and Daniel's been praying, he's like, yo, we're captivity to Babylon for 70 years, 70 years is up, we should be getting broke out. And Gabriel's like, it's actually 77s, 77 weeks, 70 times seven, they're week years. And like, it's it's real weird language, but he's saying basically it's 490 years, you know what I mean? And so in this time frame, that was a huge scripture. For all the Jewish people, because they weren't captive in Babylon anymore, but they were still captives in their own land to Rome, and so they've done the math and they've seen this messianic king or this guy that's supposed to roll in through in Daniel nine, 490 years after that time, whenever Dan Daniel had that vision, which that was some of the discrepancy, which what they were doing their countdown for, and they're like, this dude's supposed to come back and he's going to be the king of the whole world, so we're about to throw all of you guys off the Romans and everything. So there was not a whole not a lot of of love for Roman soldiers, the enemy that was occupying their land, or other nations, we we're the God of Israel. There was this real um, national, yeah. national pride, you know what I mean? They had like little Jewish MAGA hats probably or something. I don't know, something going on where they were, you know, that was a joke, but you know, it's like they were, they were like, this is God's man. God's gonna give his man, and, and if not, we're gonna overthrow. And so all these revolts and things were happening, but the disciples had kind of known they were talking to Jesus. Can I sit on your right hand and your left in the kingdom of God? They were talking about when you're the king of the world and we finally beat the Romans. They weren't thinking you're going to die. Like, what? What are you talking about? And then you're going to save the world that way. Like, they had no full understanding of these things. They didn't catch it. You know what I mean? And a lot of the Jews didn't catch it. And that's why there were so many revolts and so many false Christs and Messiahs. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm the seed of David and all. You know, and that's the tumultuous um, reality of Israel in those days and in that culture, which ended up becoming a war in like 67 AD. And then in, obviously Israel, you guys know, was completely destroyed, not one stone left on another. Um, so there's that. But so it got pretty bad, um, but it was all building to that. And so here's, you know, Peter and some Jewish guys who think they've, they now they know who the Messiah is, but they still are thinking through maybe their Jewish lens of things. And maybe he is going to come back soon, and maybe then we'll kick the Romans. You know, but now they're in, in, in a Roman soldier's house, a centurion, with all his relatives, friends, and family, close friends, and family. And here they are. You guys, y'all aren't different than us. And so this this um, this mind being blown and unlocked is a little more than we, we're like, oh, you can come to our church now. You know what I mean? It's like, no. It's like, we're... You guys got a little while longer. When Messiah comes back, we're going to kill all of y'all and red you out of our land. You know, that's the kind of mentality that's happening. And all of a sudden, it's like God loves them too. Like like the love of God is coming and transforming people's thoughts and beliefs of the way things are going to happen. You know, and even some of our guys who knew mostly better, but now we're really getting to understand like, whoa, this is for Gentiles, outsiders as well. And so it's just a beautiful historical story of some minds being blown but it's not it's not over because um, he says that word which you know like you guys have heard about it which was proclaimed through all judea and began from galilee after the baptism which john the baptist had preached how god anointed jesus of nazareth the holy spirit with power and went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for god was with them An incredible verse right there, verse 38, for the scholars and people that take notes, um, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Somebody with the Holy Spirit has power and goes about doing good and healing those who are oppressed by the devil. That's an interesting uh, thing there. And we're witnesses of these things which he did, of the Jews in Jerusalem and how they killed him by hanging him on the tree. Him, God raised on the third day and showed him openly, not to all people, but to the eyewitnesses who were chosen before by God, and even to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Like, man, we had breakfast with him on the beach. We gave him honeycomb when he showed up in our locked house. Like, you know, here's Peter literally telling him, like, we saw him alive. He ate food with us. He you know, wasn't a ghost. It didn't drop on the ground. Like It went in his stomach. He's real. He's alive. And he's the king. You know, and he's God incarnate. Um, to him, all the prophets witness that through his name, everyone who believes shall have remission of sins. So here I, I imagine that Peter is gearing up right here. To him, all the prophets have witnessed that everybody who believes Him will, will receive the remission of sins. Remember, we've talked about when Jesus said that in Luke 24. Repentance and remission of sins. Repentance, the ability to have a mind change and step away from something. Turn your heart and mind from the old path. And remission of sins. Being freed from the penalty of, the, of, of sins. The, the very penalty which came in from the Garden of Eden. You know what I mean? Like, every bit of darkness, depression, anxiety, fear, um, Sickness all these different things. It's like the remission of sins like being free from the effects of the fall of mankind To walk the way we were always created to And that's what he's talking about and and I can see him kind of gearing up in verse 44 to actually go into the prophets But it says while he was still speaking in other words. He was interrupted while he was still speaking these words the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word And those of the circumcision, in other words, the Jews who kept the law from their youth, who were also believers, those who were of the circumcision who believed were astonished. Their minds were blown. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speaking with tongues. So it's kind of like what happened in Acts 2. Um, They hear these guys speaking in other languages, and they hear them magnifying God. And their mind was like, whoa, it's like first, first step, <laughs> first step in there is like, you know, I'm not even allowed to step in here, but God's told me not to consider that way and not to call things that are un- you know, call people as unclean or common. And um, so maybe even in the mind thing, but I, I have a past to be here with you guys and just tell you the story. You know what I'm saying? Then verse 31, he opens his mouth and he says, in truth, like I'm officially convinced that God doesn't see us as different. We've seen each other as different, but God hasn't seen us as different. Imagine that. Imagine that reality in every Christian's mind. You know, and not just racist, racism. But every you know, class system, upbringing, culture, just like no level of elitism, just like actual straight up love and acceptance, seeing the kingdom. Was it? Revelation 19.10, um, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So prophecy or seeing prophetically, able to see somebody, not even as they are, but through the testimony of Jesus, who he says they are, their value. See them as if they were never touched by the fall. What would they look like if they never had a single experience in the fall? They knew they were fully loved by God. They were walking in com- confidence. They were using the, the full extent of their mind, their brain, which we none of us really do, not even close, you know what I mean, but like an untouched you know, created, like, what would they be like seeing that and speaking into that destiny and purpose because you value people? Imagine if Christians, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, but when we see these things happening, we see these mindsets being shaken off of Ian Peter, who was basically the leader at the time, one of them. Um, it's, it's inspiring to see what God was doing there and breaking them out of the mold that they even had God in. He's the God of Abraham. It's like, well, yeah, he, he is, he is. But in abraham all the nations of the earth would be blessed it's like the, the the eternal promise that god had made a long time ago it's not just for us it's, it's we are us everybody's us we're the family and it's a beautiful thing and um here they are not only not unclean or common but the the holiest place in the temple called the holy of holies the small back portion that only the high priest not the other priest could go only the high priest could go in once a year on yom kippur the absolute holiest place now was on the inside of people that they thought were common you know what i mean and it's just like bang you know what i mean like it's not like, you know, when, when, when Hebrews talks about going boldly before the throne of grace, it's not talking about, you know, you should be able to connect. It's like, hey, like, listen, like, even the Holy of Holies, it's like, it's too late. It's in you because he's in you. The holiest one is on the inside. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, man. So this thing is kind of lining up with these guys' minds. And, um, and I love verse 47 because it shows how kind of um, dull, you know, this, this one comment they're actually baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're 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 having New Testament Christianity hit them just by hearing this. He's not even gone into the prophets yet. He wants to go, and now he wants to teach them like what Isaiah fifty nine talks about and Jeremiah thirty one and Joel two. And he's like, let's go ahead and start having a lesson so you understand. And they're like, shundai, hundai shundai. You know, they're saying words they don't know, and it's just like, eee. and they're like, oh my, they're all their minds are blown. Like it's happened to them. The holy of the holy of holies is inside of what people we thought were like dogs. He's inside of them. These are our brothers. We don't need to overthrow them and kill them. (laughs) You know what I mean? We'd love to touch it. You know, like we're all, you know, this is wonderful. And it says, and then Peter answered, this is how confident (laughs) can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized. But it's just it, it's so funny to me because like we think like, well first you gotta be a believer, say the sinner's prayer, then you gotta go through our new believers class, then we'll give you a baptism, then we'll pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit if we're believing that way, if we're charismatic, which is honestly only the only version of Christianity is the Holy Spirit, but it biblically, right? But it's like in this, it's like we need to baptize them. I don't know, they already got the <laughs> they already got the Holy Spirit. Like Jesus was baptized first and then Jesus had the Holy Spirit on him, so man, they just did a reverse. Is this all right? And, and, you know, and, and Peter's thinking of his order, and it says, can anybody forbid water? It's, it's not like, hey, all right, somebody get some water. It's like, kind of like, goes back to the guys, like, yo, my, my mind is blown as much as y'all's. Maybe there's five of them with him. I don't know. It's like, does anybody have a reason why that we can't baptize them? Like, I don't have one, but do y'all have one? <laughs> is there any way we can disqualify them at all? Like, no, like, I know. This is crazy. It sounds so demeaning, but it's, that's what he said. It's like, man, the... So I guess we just, yeah, yeah, so what we're going to do now, we're going to baptize you guys, you know, super confident guy, you know, but, uh, but that's what's, that's our history, you guys. Anthony's Jewish, but I don't think most of us are. He got a little, little Jew blood in him, but uh, most of us don't have very much. If not, you know what I mean? Um, but it's just like, this is, this is where it's like, Hey, it's for us too. Like, cool, man. Everybody's in. This is for everybody. You mean God's redeeming mankind? yeah it actually worked like like so through through one man's sin entered through the entire world through adam and, and now through through one man like the redemption of god salvations come to the top come yeah sounds about right sounds about right sounds like romans doesn't it and it's, so it's just like so this is actually our history and it's this this beautiful story that i love for all of us to actually know where we came from or an aspect of our story because it's it's um, it's so important, especially with the climate. We think it's, man, it's it's tough in here these days, you know, a lot of racism going on. Yeah, that's probably true, but you, you have no, you know, even the way these guys were thinking at that time, and God was coming in to say, like, hey, I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. And when God shows you what he's like, it's like, oh, we're not like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Everything's identity. 2 Corinthians 3, it's like, As the veils disappear, the veils, just like, you know, those little covers, we're seeing through glass darkly, we're seeing through filters, as those filters go away, as the veils are taken over, and we see the Lord as He truly is, we're transformed into the same image from glory to glory. And I always thought glory to glory was just like Christianese, how you doing? Oh, glory to glory, brother. One good day to another good day, you know what I mean? That's just the way it's normally used. Everything's good, even when my life's terrible, you know? (laughs) But it wasn't about that at all. It was actually seeing the glory of God, which is the nature and goodness of who God is. And when we see what he's like, it's not like, sometimes it's a repentance we change our mind, but sometimes it's like it unlocks who we truly are. And when we see the love and the value that God has for all people, it causes us to see that way. Oh, you're not better than other people? You don't see them as lower than you? It's like, oh man, I've been doing that, but no, that's not what we're like. You know what I mean, and so he 's delivering our minds a lot of times and i 'd say the majority of times, excuse me, deliverance is is not a prayer line, and somebody's going to screech and holler you know when they get prayed for and, and I've, that can definitely be the case, but so much more often it is actually getting to know the Lord as he truly is and realizing who we came from and like that 's what we 're like and it 's like taking a weight or a burden off of us, you know what I mean like having Confidence is not like having arrogance. It's like it's literally being free. But when you have real confidence, like you can actually literally walk without any, without any desire to cover yourself or to project a certain image or anything like that. That's what Adam and Eve did when they they sewed up the fig leaves. Let's cover our, you know, that's the first thing that set into the fall. They they didn't even realize they were naked before because they were never looking inward at themselves. You know what I mean? And we're called to actually not judge anybody by the flesh from from now on. Judge no man according to the flesh is what the Apostle said Apostle Paul ends up saying it's like it's like what like it's like you never look at somebody by the outside you only see through love can you imagine walking through life without a single opinion of people how freeing that would be like I I I have no opinion because love itself has no opinion it's rooted in the truth right so we see how God sees And God sees those things and calls those things that are not as though they are, and they become what he says. So it doesn't matter what they're projected as in this fallen plastic matrix of a reality, what they physically look like, you know? We see them through the lens of love and through the lens of God. And it's like, we can see them as they truly are. And that's where authority, Christian authority really lies, is seeing through value, because then we speak to value and cause it to actually come alive in the earth, you know? yeah and so you know that's the point I, I think that's the point I don't know uh, if I wrote some points here but that's basically more of a Bible study and a history lesson and you know you've seen we've done this reality and especially since we switched to Sundays it's like we've gone back and I'm really wanting to lay this foundation of what basic Christianity is and um, this is Christianity to the Gentiles and a surprise surprise to everyone and it's a beautiful thing for us to see because we talk about like Christianity is this life that these guys stepped into just by hearing this testimony. Can you imagine your testimony having such weight to it? And I'm not talking about how you became saved. That's good too, how you became a Christian, brother. But, but more just like your, your, commun- your life with God when you share it with other people being so real that it touches them. Remember they used to talk about Jesus. They'd be like, man, he, he doesn't talk like the scribes. What they used to say. I, know what I, I could feel what he was saying because he was truth and he, and he lived it. He lived what he, what he said and it was transferable. And Peter's already talking about, like, we ate honeycomb with him. You know, we actually, <laughs> I've seen him alive. And it's, and it's like, oh, you know, these guys go into this. Weird, Whoa, okay. Oh my God. You know, did the whole thing get set off? And it's like there, were, there was a testimony of the reality of this life. And then they had it for themselves. And then they're off. I mean, you know, then, then it's like, then it's go time. And Christianity is this way. All Christianity born by the Spirit. And, you know, Jesus, when he said make disciples, it didn't say go and tell people they're going to go to hell if they don't join your club. And then we'll get them in here and we'll tax them 10%. You know what I mean? Just like this weird way that the game is played. Um, it was literally like our, our relationship to God is transferable. In other words, they should want what we have. Always be ready to give an answer for the peace that you have. It's like, not, that's not talking about debating. It's literally talking about like, you have peace, you have wholeness, you have confidence, you have, your relationships are growing. Like, you're, you're actually advancing in life. You're, in every single way, there's life in you. And, and I, what is that? And it's like, hey, it's actually not me. But I know a guy. And this is, this is how he's touched my life. This is what he's doing. This is what I'm learning right now. And that, that affects people, man it's real life and and it started to come alive in the inside of these people we've said it so many times and i think this is probably what peter was going to go into like isaiah 59 literally says like this is the new covenant that i will make with them my words will be in your mouth from this time until forevermore like there's like this isn't going to be for the prophets and the special kings that are anointed with oil and you know joel, joel 2 was like yours it shall come to pass afterwards in this new covenant that I will make that, that your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Like, what, what do I mean? Like, like, they'll be able to communicate with God without hearing an oracle from someone else? Like, yeah. Like, your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Like, even on your men servants, your maid servants, like, like the new covenant, it's going to come and it's going to hit everybody and it's going to be relational and they're going to be connected to him. And this is what well, we say. Oh, well, that's, you know, spirit-filled Christianity. It's like, no, no, that's just Christianity. That's all there is. That's all there is, you know? And I think it's Second uh, Peter 3, it says, oh, I'm sorry, Second Timothy says that, oh, that's cool, I have two of those, but, you know, anything less is having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, holding to a form of godliness but denying its power, I think it's the King James, and it's just like anything less than like spirit, this walk of knowing the Lord and growing is just religion, Honestly. Jeremiah 31 it's like, you won't have to tell somebody to know the Lord. Everybody will know you. I have my law written on your heart. In other words, like we're gonna have the law memorized on our heart. And it's like, like no dude, like I'm gonna be on the inside. You know what I'm saying? Ezekiel 36, 26, like, like, like I will give you a heart of flesh instead of a stone. Like you won't need a rule and rule book to tell you what's right and what's wrong, the knowledge of good and evil. That was the poisonous tree. You'll have a heart of flesh and my voice will be on the inside of you to lead you into truth. It was this beautiful reality of what new testament christianity was and is for all of us today and so uh, you can see what i'm doing now i have an agenda obviously i'm trying to really lay out a lot of the scriptures so that we have such a great foundation biblically even in these stories that we know what our life is called to look like and it's people who are inspired that people that have a relationship to god and that relationship literally spills out to everyone we touch everyone in our circles so we don't have to have you know send out evangelistic teams or have a big thing downtown and pass out track you know that's fine if you do that but it's, it's like more like every believer influences people that are in their circle and if that was really the case this thing would touch the ends of the earth real quick and not i'm not talking about christ i'm talking about the real thing it, it would splash through the world really fast you know but that's that's the goal. So. Lord, we do thank you for, for, um, for redeeming us all and the reality of this beautiful new covenant, which was, it's, it's, you said it was better that you go away and it's because you knew you would never, we would never be without you. And so we welcome you and we thank you for your spirit within us leading us into truth. And we thank you for this beautiful heritage that is Christianity that you've given us and how brilliant everything laid out amen all right um what one other thing maybe you're a Christian and have been for a long time but you feel this in your heart it's just like you know there's other stories in Acts even before this where Peter had to come and lay hands on people right because it was like we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit what is that we didn't know this is and it's just like Peter's like yeah that's like that's actually our religion That's what this is, actually. That's what Christianity is. It's the Spirit of God coming on the inside of you. And um, I just want to encourage people, okay? Because there's something to to having some hunger and desire for this, and this is how it was for me as well. Um, If you feel like that's been an aspect of my life, my Christian life that maybe has been missing, this is something very basic and simple that you can actually ask for. You can pray for this. Okay, Lord, I see it in the scriptures. I see it in the Bible. I, it's the whole things about this. But I realize that maybe I, I don't feel like I've been baptized, like fully immersed in this reality of your spirit, and I, and, I, and I want that to happen. I want the closeness of our relationship. I want the empowerment that you have for me to actually walk this thing out in the world as one of your ambassadors. And, and just ask for it. Just ask for that. After, for that reality because um it's very real and it happens you know and that's the beautiful thing about I say my job but all of our jobs as witnesses of this of the resurrection and of Christianity is like we actually don't have to sell anything you know what I mean it doesn't take much faith you know people are already hunger hungry for this walk and for this life for real and so sometimes you can actually just present something without pushing it down people's throat. And whether they're listening to us on a podcast or whatever, and it sparks their heart, they take it in their own will, in their own place of authority, which they have, because he's there, and say, hey, I want, I want to walk more with you. I want to be more aware of this reality. I want, I want, to, I want my life, my will, literally baptized into you. It's like throwing the ball up by the rim when Shaq Diesel's up there or who's the big players now, LeBron James or somebody. You know what I'm saying? We're just setting him up, and, and he's so very real. We put the ball in somebody's court, and, and, and they unite to it. So anyways, I wanted to do that, and, and, and even if it's not you, um, if you're not there, maybe it's a tool for you to use with people. You know?